Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Focus on Greatness podcast. My name is Hiram, and on this platform, it is men helping men redefine greatness through service. And today is going to be one of those same contexts where I have been able to have the opportunity to bring a gentleman that I believe is going to help us be effective in the way that we serve, the way that we do life. And we've been really diving into this conversation, talking about dealing with our emotions. As men, it is one of the greatest things that we struggle with, not just expressing it, but being able to really know how to uh, express it effectively and in a great way. I remember when I was first looking at starting my podcast, one of the things that I was looking for was a cost efficient place that I can be able to do what I was dreaming and doing. With Anchor, I found that. I found a free platform that can be able to give me the tools to make sure that my podcast sound good from edits to music to different other things, variety of things that can be able to assist me to make sure that I had a professional sound podcast. But then also one of the things I found that I loved uh, when I started to use Anchor was they have various of different places that they are able to distribute my podcast from professional places like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Now, with this, the thing that I'm I love to do is because I might not do it in my house or might need to do it in my car. So I'm able to use record on my cell phone. I'm able to record on my tablet or even my computer. So for you to be able to do this as the podcaster, you need to make sure that you download the app to your phone, to your tablet. You can do it on an Android or on an Apple product. But also, if you want to be able to access it on your computer, you have to go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, anchor is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Welcome to the team. So I want to be able to dive into this conversation, people. So without any further ado, do me a favor. Um, if you're driving in your car, if you are at your at the gym working out, if you are at the house cleaning up or whatever you're doing at this time, do me a favor, put your hands together and do me a favor and welcome Zach to the conversation. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for inviting me on, Hiram. Yes, sir. I am excited for this conversation, and I'm grateful that uh, you took some time out to have this conversation with me. Uh, it's my honor. Happy to be here. Happy to serve. Yes, sir. Uh, so do me a favor before we dive into our conversation. Um, introduce yourself to the, uh, the listening audience, and then we'll we'll grab some nuggets of wisdom uh, that we can be able to use in our lives. Sounds good. So my name is Zach Blakeney. And the best way I describe myself at this point is I'm a freedom and performance coach. Uh, so I work majority one-on-one -on -one with men, uh, helping them transform porn addiction into purpose, peace, and prosperity. And porn addiction is my former pain, you know, something that I struggled with for 16 years of my life uh, from the time I was 14 until 30. Uh, and it was something that limited me. Uh, from a lot of different things. One, uh, feeling and expressing love in the way that I truly wanted to. Uh, two, I developed uh, anxiety, just living with anxiety, and this anxiety turned uh, more intense into social anxiety. Uh, so, you know, just now, like the, the thought of being a, a guest on somebody else's podcast, you know, was 
extremely fearful. I mean, just so many uh, different stories would pop up on how I wasn't good enough to do that. My voice didn't mm-hmm. matter. Uh, and then, you know, the relationship issues, you know, I ended up mm-hmm. getting divorced uh, when I was 31, uh, all stemming from, you know, this addiction and not just the addiction, but if anybody is familiar with having an addiction, uh, what we do is we will uh, lie and manipulate and control others uh, in, a, in an attempt, right, to hide the addiction, right, and right. to forward face, to put out a, a mask, a uh, projection of the image that we want other people to see. And this yeah. doesn't just happen in addiction. It also happens in just kind of a thing that men do. And, and women do it as well. But since we're talking about men on this show, yes, uh, yes. it's the projection that everything is fine, right, while we suffer in silence. Uh, yeah. So that brought me into the space of really starting to help, uh, you know, men in this way. And then the other thing that my company does, Invincible Intelligence, is that we work with uh, companies B2B, uh, helping them develop emotional intelligence. We do this through a test, and we also do this through um, going in and actually running workshops you know, to help the company create a better cohesive uh, culture, one of trust, transparency. And mm-hmm. through that trust and transparency, uh, they start to see some key metrics increase like revenue, profitability, and turnover. Okay. All right. No, I, 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 one, um, just through this intro of this conversation, you already get my mind going. And, uh, and it's so much that I want to address even in the intro, but first off, I want to say thank you because your openness and transparency in the introduction of this, I know it's already helping somebody. So I, I'm going to just go ahead and just put that out there um, uh, because surely as men, you know, this as I do, um, being able to face some of the things and the struggles that we have and openly say those things um, is is uh, sometimes a, a thing by itself. And um, and so I'm, I'm grateful for your openness and your transparency in this in this conversation already. But I also want to tell you, uh, just as, as since we're going to be transparent in this combo, um, I also want to tell you, I was nervous. I was like, OK, I'm about to have Zach on. I'm looking at the, the impact that he's making, the things that he's doing. Um, I got to make sure I'm together. I got to make sure I'm good. I got to make sure I'm straight. Am I good enough for this? I'm having the same discussions and things and questions, even in my own, uh, my own mind, um, you know, when, when it came in reference to this conversation. And so I'm grateful that neither one of us said, you know what, I'm not doing that. I'm not. <laughs> um, neither one of us allowed that, that piece to be able to, to overwhelm us to the point where we did not have this conversation. Um, because I do believe it's going to really, really help um, help a lot of men and a lot of people uh, throughout this conversation and the tools and the wisdom that I believe that is going to come out of it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you know, I, I want to commend you and, and honor you for even talking about that in that way. Um, yeah. What I know from my experience is that transparency and love is the healer of all and transparency mm-hmm. being the first step. Uh, what is hidden is, is typically hidden out of shame. Uh, yeah. When we talk about shame as an emotion, uh, that feeling of being inadequate, you know, it's something in which when we divide our minds, when we separate our, our being, essentially our minds, mm-hmm. and we put something in a corner, right, in the darkness, so to speak, and we don't want to deal with it, uh, then ultimately we're divided in our life. You know, inner mm-hmm. conflict is going, you know, what you do in your internal world is going to uh, directly project into your external world. So if you're divided and in conflict inside your mind, you're going to be divided and in conflict inside of your experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so transparency, you know, just talking about that for a second, 
is one of the hardest things to do because we have a fear of judgment, right? And when we look at judgment, uh, so to speak, as just the root problem, really, um, mm. a lot of separation, a lot of division, a lot of conflict amongst men and amongst ourselves, uh, amongst countries, like we can really start to blow this up into a macro sense. Right. Um, we start looking at, you know, what happens from judgment, right? Well, when we judge others or we judge ourselves in a way in which isn't serving us, mm-hmm. there's only two outcomes. You're either innocent or you're guilty. Right. Right. And, and that judgment of ourselves, when we judge ourselves and we condemn ourselves to guilt, we end up believing that this is working for us because mm-hmm. it, it uses us in a skewed way that, oh, I'm guilty right? You know, I need to be better, right? We're thinking about ways in which it's, it's actually trying to make us better, but then in all actuality, this guilt turns into something that we carry with us uh, throughout our life. Yeah. Uh, and because judgment was successful, so to speak, on us, we then see judgment as something that we can do for somebody else. Hmm. And attempt, uh, and and the reason why this, and I'm going to actually lean on what you were talking about when we first came in, is that there's a perceived level of inequality, hmm. right? So when we look at another concept, right, which is very healing, is equality, yeah. is yeah. the fact that higher me and you are equals, right? The only thing that separates us at this point, and this is just perception because I don't actually know, is that mm-hmm. I know a certain amount of things in a certain subject that you don't mm-hmm. know. But I'm sure there's something that you know that I don't know about that if you wanted to teach me, like, absolutely, I can learn something from you, right? right. Yeah. So what happens with judgment is that we perceive ourselves as not being good enough, Right. So then we judge other people to an attempt to equalize the situation. So if I don't feel like I'm good enough, if I'm holding in that the uh, inadequacy, mm. and then I judge somebody else to say, oh, look at that dude that's super successful. Man, he must have like stepped on people's toes or he might just be like throwing out a, a face. Like he doesn't really have all those things. Also, right. All we're doing is judging because we've already judged ourselves to be unworthy. So we're, now we're trying to judge the other person to be unworthy to equalize mm. the scale. But what happens is, is, well, you end up just deprecating yourself and the other person. And then through this process of this projection of the guilt, because that's what we're really doing. We're projecting our guilt on somebody else through the condemnation. Mm-hmm. It tricks us because our mind believes that we've taken action. Like we've done something. We're judging somebody else. Right. But while we're doing that, mm-hmm. it simultaneously conceals the judgment from ourselves, realizing that, oh, I still feel guilty. So what happens? You wake up the next day, you feel guilty. You judge somebody else. It's a temporary fix. You wake up the next day, you feel guilty. It's a constant cycle, and this is what the mind or the ego does as a trick to keep you incarcerated in these shame, guilt, and love, and actually lean on these emotions as being Mm. the three most uncomfortable emotions, which is very interesting to think about because the duality of them, right, of shame and guilt being on these lower level frequency emotions and love being this ultimate expression of of joy and gratitude, Right. the three most uncomfortable emotions for men to express in this world. Yep. No, and that's, <laughs> and that, that's truthful. Yeah, that's truthful. <laughs> that's truthful. Now, what, what do you think is, what do you think in reference to, you know, you talked about in reference to this, this guilt, this shame context and how in our maneuver, you know, really in, this, in another, I guess, another phase, a maneuver to protect ourselves, we yeah. then become judgmental. Um, and so then we go down this rabbit hole constantly, really never really fixing the problem, really never dealing with the thing. And we become personally internal. We become worse at doing it. 
And yeah. then, we, you know, you know, we become worse at doing it, but we never get to a point in doing that process. We never get to a point where we're bettering ourselves or we're looking at ourselves differently and it can affect then every area of our lives. What is a root cause? Not just that it, that that happens, but how can we fix that root problem so that it can be we can become better? Well, the shortcut is to take 100% account of our ownership and, and responsibility for your mm -hmm. emotions and your life okay. uh, and your thoughts and your actions, right? So if we can come from a place of ownership, of owning something inside of us and owning all of it, uh, then inversely, we then are no longer victimized by our experience, like being victimized by our life because a victim, right, is somebody who blames and complains, right? I'm going to blame others for my, my position in my life. I'm going to complain about something that's not changing. Again, still tricking the mind because the complaining makes you feel like you're doing something. But guess what? You're complaining about the next day and the next day and the next day, right? So it's not actually taking ownership. Yeah. We have to start looking about this, about all the different, and I, I use this all the time, blame and complain are of a victim mindset. So if you can become aware of when you're doing that in your mind, when you're blaming others, when you're complaining, or even with you're blaming yourself, and if you're doing so in a very unhealthy way, you're, you're literally, again, admitting, you're, you're giving away your power inside of this and saying that I'm a victim of X, Y, and Z. Right. Like yeah. a way that this shows up in a very sneaky way. I have guys all the time that I'll be like, cool, like I'm, I'm giving them a process and I'm giving them, you know, hey, you need to have a morning routine for success. Like, let's talk about what that is. And they say, well, I just don't feel like I have time. I was like, oh, okay. So you're telling me that you're being victimized by time. Mm. You're saying that that's what you're saying because you're blaming not having time when we all have 24 hours in the day. Right. Wow. It's the same thing that's happening. So you're actually yeah. saying in this side of this process, by being victimized by time, you're being victimized by your life. And so you feel like you have no control of what you mm. want to create because victims don't create, right? Victims create reactions. Right. 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 And really that's, there's a distinction that I use inside of this is, is like make and create like victims make problems to get a reaction. And then somebody who's responsible and in ownership creates the life that they want to create. There's no, there's going to be problems that are, that are, you know, that happen inside of creating the life that you ultimately want to create. Right. But at least you know that you are the origin of the creation and not allowing some outside thing to influence you to change maybe the way that you are, to change the way that you are with people, and to change your, out your outlook on life in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I like that. I like that. So it's 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 the it's now the ability, like you said, taking responsibility for our our actions, our thought process what we're allowing to happen, what we're, you know, what our surroundings and things are first taking the responsibility. Um, and then also just recognizing, and, and I'm thinking about, as you're talking, I'm thinking about areas in my own life. Am I taking, am I being the victim? Have I been, have I had a victim mentality when it comes in reference to what, you know, different areas of my life, you know, even when it comes to, um, you know, just for, just using this as an example in reference to uh, exercising, you know, same thing. I, I just don't have enough time. You know, when am I going to do it? When am I going to make the time to do it? Or, you know, uh, you know, well, you know, I could probably do it. I, this, I could probably change my eating habit. I'll try it next week because it doesn't work this week or the money, whatever. It's like all of these different things that we look at as excuses are really like you're saying are really is just the victim mentality when it comes concerning those areas. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that have contributed to this. You know, I mean, we're talking about if we look at 
societal expectations mm. we can call this of men or we can just call this of like anybody who really wants to create the life that they want to create right so like the society uh, expects us to move at lightning speed and we feel the pressure of that we feel the pressure of the expectations of our of ourself right that we have of who we're trying to become we feel the pressure of the expectations of you know our, our partners and our bosses and maybe our coworkers and everything else, right? So all these expectations add with this pressure and this pressure uh, confuses us to look in different ways, right? To put aside the things that actually yeah. are, are attached to our happiness and our well-being, and to replace it to chase, basically to chase this rat race, right? Of yeah. like trying to chase this idea of success in the process. And then over time we were talking about like, okay, when you start holding on to, you know, guilt and shame, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's cumulative. Right. So like one experience, like guys, like throughout our life, there's going to be experiences that are going to cause pain. No doubt. Right. Right. And we don't give ourselves enough time to heal from the pain, you know, whether it's the loss of a loved one or maybe it's, you know, the pain of our own literally self condemnation from our own guilt and our own judgment of ourselves that we hold on to. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. we wake up every day and then the rat race has got us in this thing. So we're like, Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And we prioritize all these different things. And then while we're doing that, as time goes on, again, the, the shame, the guilt, the weight, the burden, the, the burdensome of that weight starts to accumulate, right? And this is what we call emotional baggage, right? And then what happens is every single day I'm waking up uh, inadequate. Every single day I'm waking up feeling incapable. Every single day I'm judging myself to be guilty for something that I've done in the past. Mm. Every single day, maybe I'm holding on to, again, a traumatic experience, like, uh, you know, a loved one died and I didn't have time because I had to get back to work. So I didn't have time to process and everything else. I just mm. to. Mm -mm -mm. So the wow. analogy that I use for, for anybody that, um, that I'm trying to, this is, I use the matrix a lot, but I'm trying to unplug them from the matrix and get them into reality. And this is just something to think about mm -hmm. is that you can run as fast as you can with a 50 pound backpack on, right? And eventually, you are going to lose steam, fall to your knees, and just fall out in exhaustion. Right. But your trick to believe that you can hold on to this weight and move as fast as you can, but you can't. Every single day, you're distracted. Every single day, you have these thoughts that you're having to push away. Every single day, those thoughts are influencing you to feel like you're not good enough. So now when you're put in challenging situations, you don't feel like you're good enough to approach these situations. So then these challenges either don't get met. Or maybe they take longer to to find a solution to the process, right? Yeah. Or again, maybe they don't get met. Maybe you start things multiple times. Like I've coached plenty of guys. I call this shiny object syndrome, where literally you'll start something, you do it for two weeks, then you say it's not going to work, and you start something else, you do it for two weeks, right? Because you're mm -hmm. impatient through this process, right? Yeah. So I would tell them, I was like, look, man, I'm watching you run right now and falling out. And I'm telling you that if you would just pause for a moment, take six months out of your life, to just realize that, hey, finances are okay, I'm comfortable, everything is okay, and learn how to put the sack down, mm. and then start spreading. Because the person that's putting the sack down, like this is like the tortoise and the hare conversation, right? The hare's running right. as fast as I can, the tortoise is just like, I'm just going to go consistently at the same speed, and eventually I'm going to pass you, because you're going to, mm -hmm. and the hare, the hare like messes up and does, you know, plays around and stuff, but it misses yeah. the emotional baggage is there, right? And eventually you're going to get passed. Yeah. But nobody's willing to be patient enough to, not nobody, I've convinced plenty of guys to do this, but like, time-wise, we're not patient enough to sit down and focus on our healing so then we can be reborn, so to speak, and mm -hmm. start living from a place of ownership, responsibility, and creation. And then you start to see a lot of things starting to happen that you've been wanting that literally feel like they're not happening fast enough. They collapse time and it accelerates and it comes to you faster.
Mm. So mm -hmm. this is something in which it's just a, an analogy to think about. Like, hey, right. keep running as fast as you can with that weight on your back, and I'm going to pass you. I'm going to say me specifically. Right. I'm not running with this weight on my back. And I'm right. not saying that, I'm, and I do want to make sure I say this, I'm not like, you know, invincible to feeling shame and guilt. And it's not about eliminating shame and guilt. It's about mm -hmm. expressing it and balancing it. Hmm. Because expressing it when we talk about transparency. So like my, in my own experience, when I was going through porn addiction, I mean, so much shame is centered around this addiction. Mm -hmm. um, and the shame builds because inside of porn addiction, like you can start to, there's something called escalation where like literally at, at the beginning, you're watching just normal sex. And then like your dopamine is called dopamine escalation. So like that doesn't do it for you anymore. And then you, you just need to watch something different. And that thing different can be very weird. And then different, 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 different. And I watched porn probably tens of thousands of times. I can't map it. And eventually what I was watching was so far away from what actually normal sex was with a, with a, with a female partner that I was holding all that shame inside of me. Right. So like, it was just a thing. Wow. And then, 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 then again, I didn't, I had social anxiety. So like I wanted to build a business, but I was, I struggled with like going out and having conversations and networking and doing that stuff. So then I held on to that. Right. And I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Hmm. And uh, the moment that I was, that I came out about my porn addiction to my ex-wife, and I love telling this story because it, it wasn't something in which I volunteered. Um, I remember that I was leaving, we were leaving the gym. We had a, we had a, a business together, fitness business mm -hmm. together, leaving the gym and she's, she holds my hand. She says, Hey, Hey, I got something to talk to you about. We go into the car and she um, pulls out my phone. And anybody that's listening, that's a guy. If you search inside incognito mode consistently enough, your searches will stay as being saved, even in incognito mode. So she goes in incognito mode, she hits the Google and it's like the last 10 searches. And these searches are not, you know, I mean, these are weird searches, right? Right, right. And she says, what is this? I say, that, that isn't me, I don't know. She says, it's on your phone. Like, how could this not be anybody else? It's, it's not me. Right. Okay. I'm going to tell you this one more time. If you don't tell me the truth, it's on your phone. It's right in front of your face. I'm going to leave you right now. And I still denied it the third time. I said, it's just not me. And then right after I said that, instantly started crying and just like said that it was right. And then opened wow. up this whole flood. And that was, that was an experience, right? In which like, okay, it was forced out. But then two, two weeks later, I started to realize I was like, okay, I'm being transparent about this, but I'm still like, I started having anxiety attacks at this point. And I realized because the next thing that my brain was offering to me as memories was all this, all the times I had lied, right? Where I lied about, you know, not doing, not watching porn or uh, not doing a specific thing, like all these different things. I was like, I have to express this. Like the anxiety, I was looking at myself in the mirror and like just red, heartbeat, you know, anxiety attack. I thought I was on a heart attack. And the thing I was thinking about when I was doing it was I was thinking about a lie that I had told her. And I was like, okay, this has to come out. Mm -hmm. Then I, the next the, two weeks later, I expressed like literally, Hey, I lied about this. I lied about this. I lied about this. And I'm doing this again outside the gym, mm -hmm. it's like crying and talking to her. Right. And that was my first, uh, you know, experience expressing, right. The shame that I was feeling, mm -hmm. even though I was putting myself into a very uh, tough situation because now it was like, okay, you know, we spent the next nine months trying to rebuild our relationships, which didn't work out. We weren't equipped to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, but focusing on this, but it was the first time I ever actually felt uh, the weight gone. Like this mm -hmm. weight that I've been carrying for a long time, it was, it was just gone. So mm -hmm. then I learned through this whole process, it was like, it's not just about expressing it, it's about balancing it. So like yeah. I had this uh, thought come up in my head. I was like, okay, how do I turn an experience of the regret 
into something I'm grateful for, right? Uh, and this is emotional alchemy, right? Transforming something into something. And then I went through this whole process of understanding. I was like, okay, well, there's, I need to extract the lesson from the experience, right? Because a lesson allows me to be able to combat or fortify my mind mm-hmm. away from um, the, the memories that are causing me to feel shame and guilt. So, for instance, a grounding statement or a lesson that I learned from this experience is that I was doing the best I could with the knowledge that I had, right? So when my brain wanted to remind me, oh, you did this thing, I could literally, instead of emotionally attaching myself to it and identifying with it, Mm -hmm. I could say, oh, okay, well, at that time, I was doing the best I could with the knowledge that I had, and then instantly my brain would stop reminding me of that because I had a rebuttal, a statement to my memories, which helped me start to see those memories different, have a different perception about those things. Hmm. So so without going too in-depth, because I know we'll probably talk about it a little bit more, but the, the key to expressing shame is to accept that you feel that. So I have something that I call three keys to speed, and this is for healing. This is for getting through challenges. Uh, this is for personal growth. And these three mm-hmm. keys to speed are accept, understand, and forgive. Those three. Mm-hmm. And the resistance point is the acceptance point. Because just as you heard in my story, I literally denied something three times. I was in that much denial three times, right, in front of my ex-wife who was in my face right here with everything on my phone. There was no other reason that could be any other person. Shame had put me into that deep of a denial about this. Right. So it's the resistance point. So until we can actually accept that we feel the way that we feel, until we can accept, okay, I am feeling shame, Mm -hmm. I am feeling guilt, then we're not going to be able to deal with it. You know, people see shame and guilt as darkness. And I'm saying, no, like there is darkness, right? The, 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 Mm -hmm. the, The experience has a lot of dark undertones to it, but the actual emotion is a light bulb in the middle of the darkness. Right. Like, hey, here's all this darkness that you don't understand. I'm actually making you feel shame about it. So you can say, oh, let me pay attention to this. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I feel the shame. Let me go dive into why I feel this way. And then we then we start actually understanding it. The understanding step, which is trying to extract the lesson from the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is a discovery process. Mm-hmm. That's a process that took me about two years of doing it with myself. Uh, I saw a therapist. I also had coaches during that time as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that through everything that I've, I've piled up, you know, we've been able to collapse time and make a learning process last maybe 60 to, to 90 days, right? Mm. By integrating all the different skills and perceptions and, and philosophies that have taken over time. Yeah. 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 Now I like this. I like this because I know that there is somebody, Zach, that is listening to this right now that is saying, man. I'm, your story is sounding like my life um, and just in various different ways. And so I'm grateful in that aspect that that not only are you sharing these tools to show people this aspect of being able to get, I would say, liberated because it's this this shame and, you know, holding this in is bondage, like, you know, basically like you were saying. And for them to be able to get liberated and to be free, you have to acknowledge it. You have to accept that this is what it is. But I love how you made this statement in reference to allowing shame to show you that this is this is a problem. This is an area that we have to expose. This is an area that we have to get it out in instead of allowing shame to put you in a corner or 
put you in this hole and you stay there. Now you are in bondage to this in constant continuation. And so I love that 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 portion of expression, as well as that you have helped us to understand how to get this balance. Yeah. Because if you're not used to doing that, if you're not used to, to, to you know, because it sounded like even with your scenario, your story, the shame had got you to a point where you didn't want to share it at all. You didn't want to expose it at all. Um, but when once it sounded like once you opened that vow and you start expressing it, even though the first one was it was by force, but once you started to express it, it not per se that it became easier, but it was more you were more willing now to be able to get it out because you sensed the freedom that that gave you. Um, and so um, so I'm again I'm loving loving your story. Um, I'm loving your story. I was, while you were talking, I was thinking about myself. Um, and this is funny because this is actually one of the things I just wrote down today that I want to break out of in my own personal life. And that yeah. being able to do exactly what you said, but walk up and just talk to random people, be able to, you know, be in a room because I'm the person right now, I'll walk into a room and I'll go sit in a corner. And, you know, and really not feel comfortable, like literally fear with my heart to walk up to somebody and just introduce myself or have a conversation or try to connect with somebody. Um, and so to be able to hear your story in that aspect of even saying that that was a part of yours, I'm like, OK, I need to pay attention because I need to get out of this mode because, again, that's another form of just bondage, me feeling like I'm not good enough. Or, you know, me feeling like, you know, this context of I'll be rejected if I if I say something to them or they might not want to accept me for who I am or whatever. It's like litany of different thoughts that go through your mind that keep us in this box of bondage. And so I, I, for those that are listening, this is literally why I had to have this conversation with Zach. Uh, because not only is he liberating and helping you all that are listening and watching, but also I knew that I was going to need some wisdom. I was going to need some guidance because we can't stay in this place. Yeah, yeah that, that all comes, you know, just what you're talking about is that, again, that, that fear of judgment, right, that yeah. comes from this. And, and you know, Jim Carrey said it best, and he's actually offered a, a North Star, so to speak, for me, which is mm -hmm. living free is living life without judgment or concern. And when you think about all the energy that you spend judging yourself, judging others, concerning with other things that um, are, are really illusions, and we can start talking about the fear, the illusions that they create, mm -hmm. um, is mental energy being spent that's taking away from your creative energy. Yeah. So if I can really, you know, it's like one of those things like you can be very aware of this and realize that, holy crap, like look at all the energy and the emotional expenditure I'm using to tell myself that I'm not good enough. Right. Yeah. And while I'm doing that, I'm ultimately wasting time, not using time in a very productive manner because mm -hmm. the most productive way to use time is under confidence, clarity, right. And self-belief. Yeah. But all of those things come from experiencing confusion, right. Experiencing insecurity. Uh, experiencing shame, right? Because if we didn't have the duality of the two, we wouldn't have the ability to be appreciative for when we feel like we're we're in belief, when we're in confidence, when we're in love. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is it's such an interesting thing. I, I talk, I haven't really talked a lot about the ego yet, but I think this is a great move in, right? Which yes. is that the, the ego, uh, 
if you start to understand, you know, your mind, and when we find ourselves in a conflict, it seems like there are 20 different voices, right, that are speaking to us. Yes. And then in all actuality, there's only two. There's the ego, which is, you have to understand it's separative in nature, mm -hmm. meaning that judgment, separation, isolation, um, the ability to have a hierarchical stance, right, inequality, um, this all comes from this, and also fear. So the ego has fear and uses fear as a way to incarcerate you, essentially, from stepping into the man that you're called to be mm. and create stories. And all these stories are all coming from fear. And typically, I call these the children of fears, like insecurity, doubt, uh, confusion. Right. Mm. So from insecurity, you can say, hey, I want to do this thing, whatever. I want to start a business. And then the ego says, well, you're not smart enough to start a business. And you can say, no, man, I, I've, got a, I've got an MBA, whatever. Yeah. And I said, well, cool. So what makes you think that, you know, this is going to be successful anyways? Like, didn't you want to start a business before and you didn't start it? Right. So like, wow. that out. Yeah. you're like, no, oh, but I'm ready to do this now. And then I'll come back and say, oh, okay, well, like, you remember that time when you like tried out for a sports team and you quit? Remember how that felt? Like, this could be just like that. Right. And then maybe you want to leave your job. And then right. the same way, it's like, well, why are you going to leave, you know, normal mm -hmm. income and revenue? Like, aren't you happy with that? Right. So it's like all these different voices, it's all coming from the ego. Yeah. On yeah. the other end, I call this voice the inner guidance system, but you know, I do, I, I try and use like non-threatening terms for, for religions, but I do use like, okay, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. It's the Holy Spirit. It's intuition. It's God within you. It's the inner voice. And this voice is consistent. It never changes. Right. It comes from love. It comes from equality. It's trying to push you to be better. It's trying to give mm -hmm. you the courage to be better. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's telling you, hey, love yourself and love others. Like all the time, the same story the entire time. It doesn't change. Yeah. So what happens is is that the inner guidance system is consistent and the ego shape shifts. And then like I, I know not a lot of people can see this physically, but if you think about like my hand is straight and this the hand mm -hmm. straight hand is the inner guidance system, and the ego comes up and says, You can't, you won't, you shouldn't. You remember last time, you're not good enough. It, it keeps hitting the same voice. Yeah. Now, the problem is, is that you've chosen to identify and attach your identity to that voice and not the other voice. Hmm. But you know it doesn't feel right. Hmm. You know it doesn't feel right. 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 And right. Fear, fear creates illusions. You know I say? They're illusions. Everything that comes from fear, you will literally sit here and create all sorts of different stories, 10 different stories about how things are going to go wrong for you. And then there's this one voice over here that's like, no, man, no, that's true. Like, just do it. Like, just go ahead and try it. But you choose in your own free will to not align with that voice. You choose your suffering. Hmm. Hmm. And, and that's a very interesting thing to think about, right? So if like I were to put love and fear in front of somebody and say, love, hmm. fear, choose. And so I choose love. Right. Very cool. Then why are you afraid? Why are you continuing hmm. to waking wow. up every single day afraid? Why are you waking up every single day telling yourself not good enough? Why are you waking up every single day living in the same uh, life that you feel isn't bringing you fulfillment? Why? And this goes back to a, a, a philosophy that I have, which is like, show me what you do and I'll show you what you believe. You can tell me all day you're going to pick love, right? but you're not because you're actually telling me you're choosing your suffering. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's, is it, again, this is where the, the ego is a very tricky thing. Shape-shifting changes all the time. But this is what the ego wants. And this is this is really interesting analogy to think about. Like, think about if you were to sit down at a poker table, mm -hmm. and you knew all of your cards, and you knew everybody else's cards, every single hand, you would win every time. Mm -hmm. But to what end? 
you would sit down and you can make trillions of dollars at this table. Eventually, people aren't going to play with you anyways. You keep right. Playing, right. But eventually, you you will lose interest. There's no interest in the game anymore. Like, yeah. so what in? Like, how much money would it take? Like, you would literally say, okay, this is boring. I don't want to do this anymore. Hmm. The truth of the matter is, is that you like the challenge. You don't want to know their cards. You like the right. sport of the game, right? And that's the truth of experience. But the ego tricks you to believe that it wants everything to be easy and perfect. And mm. That's not the case. The case of the matter is, is that everything that is easy never creates fulfillment and everything that's challenging ends up with joy and happiness. You just have to learn how to meet and face those challenges with the right mindset. Man, Zach. Yeah, Zach, you're, you're, you're messing my life up right now in a good way. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Maybe one more thing, just because it wraps up this whole thing. Yeah, no, you're good. Keep going, okay. please. This is one more trick, and then, like, I love your, you know, obviously, it's your show, right? <laughs> so, you know, say one more thing. All right, so, again, uh, we, we confuse perception and knowledge all the time, okay? Mm. And this is what I mean by this. Knowledge only comes through experience. Right? You only will truly know something by saying, okay, I want to try this thing and I'm going to go try it. And then whether it works or not, don't know, but at least it's going to teach me something about my experience. Mm -hmm. Perception limits you from having experience and then limits you from knowledge. So this could happen in this way. Uh, you see somebody who's built a business and they're doing great. And they sell you that they have a framework, right? Right. And then they're like, man, that worked really well for that guy. But like, ah, I don't think it's going to work for me. Hmm. Right? You say that. Right? Hmm. Well, what do you mean? You're saying, well, I know it's not going to work for me. No, you don't. You don't know shit. Right. Like, you literally just limited yourself from having an experience by saying that it's not going to work for you without ever having the experience. You don't know. Right. But we trick ourselves and say that we know. But that's not the case. It's just a perception. And if you can become really aware of all the things that you say don't work or won't work or isn't for you or would be nice or all these kind of things, right? If you could in tune into that, you would realize all the different ways that you're limiting yourself from actually learning whether things are going to work for you or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's a very tricky thing but again right. just know that the shortcut is is that you don't know anything until you experience it and find mm -hmm. out whether or not it works for you yeah and so for me I, I think the only actually measurable outcome like the only thing that can be measured is uh experience because if we just measure experience which without getting into the mind trick that literally we're in an experience right now but like just thinking about these in like a a uh a quantitative way of being able to say, oh, I went to that uh, mastermind or I went to that networking event. And when I went to the networking event, I learned that X, Y, and Z, and I met this guy and I met this guy and I got on this podcast and I landed a client. Cool. That's what happened from there. Mm -hmm. But then I could limit myself and say, man, that networking event looks really fun, but I bet if I go, I'm not going to get anything out of it. And I don't go. Right? Hmm. Well, I wouldn't have known until I went. Right. So too many times, again, our brain limits us from experience, which limits us from knowledge, which then keeps us in the same place as we continue to make excuses and we continue to make perceptions on why things don't work for us without actually knowing whether they work or not. Yeah. 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 Zach, this is too good. Um, <laughs> now, I see, now, now I can see why you're impacting lives around here, Jeff. I'm, Zach, I'm telling you, this is so, oh, this is so helpful. So I want everyone that's listening, everyone that's watching, I need you to hear me. Make a determination. Because this conversation, you, Zach, you're giving us literally not only tools, but I think one of the greatest things that's happening through this conversation is you're also giving us 
It's almost like you are giving us a behind the scene of a movie. And you're allowing us to be able to see the characters in the back of the movie that's making the moves. And so as you're allowing us to be able to see this, now we can see like clearly, oh, this is why I didn't make this move. Oh, this is why this didn't happen. Oh, this is why I haven't moved forward with this. This is why I'm still stuck not doing the business that I wanted to do. It's like literally you're giving a clear sign so I can be so we can be able to all see and understand why we are in the place that we're in. That's one side. But then you're also giving unto us the, the tools to be able to then get out of that place. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And so, it, you know, so we so at the end of it, this is so helpful. So for the person that feels like you you have been in, in a constant spiral circle, like constantly repeating, always the same place where you feel like you can't move forward. You feel like I cannot express this. I'm not good enough. You know, I, if I say this, these are the 15 wrong things that's going to happen if I do this. If I try to go after the business, these are the all the list of things that you have that you have, you know, literally spent all your energy and time thinking of why you won't make it today is that day where you can come out. And literally, Zach has given us all the tools information, wisdom. And I know that I won't even, I'm not even going to say all because I know Zach probably has a whole lot more than what he shared today. But I know that there, that just through this conversation alone, you have the thing that you need to begin to break out of that shame, to be able to break out of that fear, to be able to find the balance, to find the strength, to find the fortitude, to start the business, to talk to the connection, to for the person, I don't know who this might be, but for the person that, that is afraid of talking to the woman because you feel like you're not good enough or being able to launch out and start doing something that you've been desiring to do, but you haven't done all because of the things and the ego that has been talking to you that has been keeping you in this box. Today is your day to literally walk in the liberation that you need. And so I'm so thankful that 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 I had this that we both took the leap and had this conversation that I'm so grateful that you I'm I'm going to be gentle by saying this not per se that you had to go through the suffering. I'm thankful that you did because of all the things that you've experienced, all the things that you've went through, all the knowledge that you've gained. It's now helping people like me. It's now helping the men that are listening and the people that are on here watching. It's it's helping all of these people and the, and the thousands of people that you're already helping through your coaching and things that you're doing in those natures. And so I'm thankful I really am thankful for this. For one thing, being very honest, is that you didn't go in the hole. That you didn't let negative life experiences. You didn't let let things that that would try to keep you in shame. You didn't allow them to keep you where you were. And I'm thankful for that because now we are able uh, to be able to get liberated and free. 
so that then we can be able to do what you're doing. And that is serving others and impacting others in this way. And so again, I say, thank you, man. Thank you for doing that. Uh, my pleasure and honor, man. Uh, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, how, how do you turn regret into gratitude? And, and, you know, I mean, you want to get to the end of your life and I don't want to have any regrets. And yeah. I know that um, the process is truly like, okay, let's focus on ourselves. You know what yeah. I mean? Like one of the, my main mentors that I was with last year, he said, you know, your, your internal value equals your enterprise value, right? Mm. Which is basically just saying that your self-worth is your net worth, right? So they talk about yeah. self-worth and network. And so no, it's really, it's really your self-worth. Like how, how much do you think about yourself? How much belief do you have? Yeah. Um, you know, I've experienced a lot of things, but I always knew inside of me through every experience that I had that I was here to serve others. And, and that was ultimately what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I needed these experiences that I've had to be able to define how that is and how that helps. And I found that the things that we talked about today, I mean, it's people don't understand the mind, like how the mind works, how the body works, how the subconscious yeah. mind works. Um, what is your spirit? And like, Hey, this thing has free will. How does it make choices? Um, how do we communicate between the mind, body, and soul? I mean, there's just so many different things to start to understand because once you're communicating correctly and once you give the choice, uh, in the rightful place, which is of the spirit, then from that point forward, like I said, things start to fall into place in your life. But when we let our mind and our ego rule us through its uh, impulsivity and its fear, or we let our body rule us through its desire for comfortability, uh, we're going to feel incarcerated in our own experience by our own, by the tools. I always say that the mind and body are tools for the soul to navigate life the way that it wants to. Mm. And when we don't see them as tools, and we give them the uh, misplaced responsibility to make choices, then again, we start feeling imprisoned. And I always yeah. tell people this way, you wouldn't let a hammer make choices for you, would you? Then why are you letting your mind? Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> God, that was good. You don't let your hammer make choices for you. So why are you letting your mind? Oh, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love analogies. Analogies are a great way to, to get people out of their stories and, and hey, you know, not. And that's and but it's oh god, that was so <laughs> that was so good. That was so good. All right. So because we're gonna be we would have this conversation, I can tell we would have this conversation for days, literally. <laughs> Most likely um, because it's so so good. Um, but I, I do want to ask you this this one question, this last question, and I'm I, I'm very excited about what your answer is going to be, and I don't even know it yet, but I'm excited to hear what this is going to be. But what do you define greatness as? I mean, I would say just the ability to express your authenticity without judgment, right? living life without judgment. I think that's really like whether it's freedom or greatness. I mean, that's that's the key. You know, we say that um, life's short, and it is, and I, and I agree with people on that. And also, why not live it the way that you want to, right? And that all comes down to doing the internal work to understand what is it that you want. You can't manifest something if you don't know what you want. Right? That's step one. Um, so once you can get to the point again where you can just express yourself without concern of what people think of you, without judgment, you know, what people think of you, without judgment of what you think of yourself, you can just be and just live yeah and then there's no there's no chasing after this person that you want to be and that's also a, an illusion of the ego it's not about chasing it's about revealing who you already are 
and peeling back the layers of the stories that are limiting you from being that. Yeah. 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 I, I, man, I love this. I, my God, I love this, Zach. Um, so listen, everybody that has been impacted by this conversation as I have, um, and you want to learn more, hear more, um, be connected to Zach and what Zach is doing. All the information is going to be in the description below. You, he has a, a, an effective, just if you don't believe me, you do this conversation, it's already been effective. So he has an effective coaching program that helps, that is helping people. And I, if you need this type of information, this type of coaching, this type of insight, practical pieces, as we have heard, and real effective tools that will get you out of this place of walking and living in shame, I, I need you to connect with Zach um, because I believe that he will be able to give you the tools necessary to live a life of fullness, a life of freedom. Um, and the beauty of these type of connections that I'm that I'm grateful for is that there's more men than people that we are able to help. Um, and so again, if you want to be able to connect with him, um, I'll have all his information, his social media website, everything that he does will be in the description below and you'll be able to connect with him, learn some more, find some more ways that he can be able to pour into you and help you and give you the tools that you can be able to live a life of freedom and fullness. Again, Zach, thank you so much, not only for coming on, but for pouring out and really allowing us to be able to grab from the knowledge and the experience that you have gained over the years. And um, I, again, I know there's so much more than what you shared in this time period that we've been together. And, uh, but, but I'm grateful that we had this opportunity to talk and be together today. Absolutely, man. Uh, I remember just keep doing what you're doing, dude. This, this show, everything that you're doing. I can see how it lights you up. I can see how much you feel like you're in purpose for doing this. So just to have a clip. Thank you. Thank you so much, Zach. Thank you. All right, family. We love you all, and we're thankful for you listening and being a part of this conversation today. And we'll talk to y'all next and continue to be great. Love y'all. Talk to y'all later. Thank you all for watching this video. My heart is that I don't do this for myself. I make sure that I am doing this for you to bring you the tools that you need so you can walk in your greatness. So continue with me every Monday, 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, as well as you can make sure that you listen to me on all podcast platforms. And let's continue to grow this greatness tribe.